I'm Tisha Bader, and as we continue our coverage of the situation in Israel, the agreement approved by Israel for the release of some of the hostages was announced last night. These are hostages among the 240 violently abducted by Hamas during its brutal massacre on October the 7th. The agreement approved by Israel last night would see the release in the first stage of approximately 50 of those captives. They are women and children with the hopes of more to follow. Well, to discuss this major development is former Israeli ambassador to the United States, Dani Ayalon. Dani, thank you as always for coming on JBS to share your invaluable perspective and experience from Israel. Thank you, Tisha. My pleasure. So, Dani, you know, I looked and saw the last time we spoke was September the 22nd. Uh, you and I spoke about the Biden-Netanyahu meeting in New York, and it is a different world today. And, and before anything, I want to just personally express to you, since we have not spoken, my and our deepest condolences for the unfathomable loss that Israel suffered on October the 7th and for the loss of life uh, since then during the Gaza ground operation. Um, it is just still shocking and we are still in mourning so please know that we are with you and our hearts are with you thank you very much appreciated you know uh, tisha this was the worst day the jewish people had since the holocaust uh, we lost in one day 1200 to this uh you know barbaric savages of I mean, you cannot even call them uh you know they're not humans it's it's, it's amazing it's isis type it's nazi type and, and and the way they, they killed almost in a in a satanic ritual way. Uh, this is who we face here, and this is who we will defeat here. Because with ISIS, like uh, you know, terror organizations like Hamas, there will never be peace. So this is what we have now to reaffirm and make sure that the world understands it. Make sure all Palestinians understand it. If they Palestinians will not fight out the terrorists among uh, them, then there's not going to be peace, and they are the first losers to them. Danny, I want to make note that we are taping this on Wednesday, November the 22nd. This is um, the morning after the announcement last night by Israel's cabinet that this hostage release agreement was reached, was voted on after hours and hours of meetings and votes. Um, by the War Cabinet, the Security Cabinet, and then the, then the full 38-minister cabinet late last night. What is the temperature, if you will, if you could sort of gauge the feeling in Israel? What is the Israeli public feeling right now, the morning after this announcement? Well, it's still a very heavy feeling. You know, we're still reeling out of this uh, really uh, shock and devastation of October uh, the 7th. I mean, we are resilient. Uh, we, we've had here wars. We've been under attacks. And we will win these wars, as we have been. Uh, but still, the feeling about the human suffering is uh, something that no one can escape. Uh, we are here, one big family. I would say uh, extended family with the entire Jewish uh, uh, world. And uh, this is very, very, uh, very tough. Um, Hamas... Uh, has realized that, and this is why we're paying a heavy price, a heavy, even strategic price, uh, just in order to save as many people as as we can. And uh, this is the uh, the supreme goal: is to bring home all the hostages. 
Amen. Amen. Um, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu had said earlier before the final vote was taken that this is a very difficult, very difficult decision, but it is the right one. And I know as a diplomat, as someone who has been through negotiations in your in your long uh, professional career, I'm sure you have been through very complex discussions and negotiations, perhaps not at this um this is unprecedented, right? What we're looking at, what happened on October the 7th. But these have been weeks and weeks of talks leading up to this point. And again, very sensitive. And we certainly don't want to say anything of a sensitive nature, but these are very sensitive, complex talks that led to this agreement last night. What would you very say about, so. yeah. Very much so. And, and who, who are we dealing with? We were dealing about, you know, every day, a three-year-old uh, um, toddler who lost her parents. Her parents were murdered in front of her eyes, and she's all alone there. Uh, she has two uh, older brother and sister waiting for her here. Uh, we're talking about 10-month-old baby, uh, older uh, uh, women, Holocaust survivors. It's just, we've never had anything so um, excruciatingly painful. And um, so this is why they, they to stop human suffering, even for 10, 20, 50, uh, we will do everything in order to achieve that. And I hope that this first 50 that we will see coming, we'll see coming out in the next four days will be just the, uh, the harbinger for the, the rest of them. I hope so. I hope so, Donnie. Absolutely. Um, and as I mentioned, we're taping this Wednesday. My hope is that by this time tomorrow, we will see um, the release of some hostages. We don't know yet exactly what the timeline is going to be, but as you said, there are four days of a uh, pause in fighting that Israel agreed to during which the hostages will be um, released in stages. And we don't have a huge amount of information, but that is what we've been told by Israel's government so far. Um, and they have not laid out beyond that what we're hearing in Hebrew media, presumed to be the possible release of Palestinian security prisoners in return. Um, and I don't know if you want to weigh in on that at all. Again, that has not been confirmed as far as numbers or how how and the details of by Israel. So that's up to you if you want to weigh in on that um, part of well, the agreement. Well, Tisha, it's, it's important to remember that uh, from the 7th of October, our offer was release of all our hostages for all the prisoners here. We were ready to give up, you know, murderers and terrorists with real blood on their hands just to get everything, uh, to get all our hostages uh, back home. Of course, there was no one to talk to. Only after the um, ground operation started, um, two weeks after the 7th, only then with the mounting pressure, military pressure on Hamas and its leaders, only then they yielded and started the negotiations, a real uh, Gruesome negotiations, really trading with blood. This is what they are. They are really blood. Uh, uh, so we got whatever we could uh, in order to save every soul that we can. So it's a complex um, structure because uh, we are not naive. What uh, Hamas has been trying to achieve is a um, long pause, a longer um, ceasefire in order for them to rearm and regroup. And 
this is a price that uh, we are paying and of course we will continue to be paying because what's you know supreme right now is to get the uh, hostages back home and um, I believe that the IDF is uh, strong enough to also use the time of the pause to uh, also um, fine-tune its operations a lot of lessons learned from this uh, intense fighting for the last um, six weeks uh, we'll be able probably to gather more uh, intelligence and um, and the time I believe will be used hopefully better by us than by Hamas. I want to just pivot for a moment Danny to here in the United States I just would love your feeling and your thoughts on what we're seeing since the atrocities on October the 7th, as far as the surge in anti-Semitism, and in particular on college campuses, we are seeing and hearing shocking things, including support for, justification for what happened on October the 7th, which is just, I, I can't wrap my head around it. I feel like the world has turned upside down and we're living in some alternate reality, but Perhaps this is just something that's always been there, as some people have said, and it's just sort of been unleashed by the atrocities on October the 7th. How do you see um, what we're seeing as far as that phenomenon here in the U.S. and around the world for that matter? Well, I, I see it as downright anti-Semitism of, of the worst kind. Um, and I believe it's a combination of this very nefarious um, um, evil force of Palestinian incitement that it's not has not started now. This Palestinian incitement has started. We're talking about decades of Palestinian uh, incitement that, un, you know, that fortunately fell on receiving ears. And the receiving ears, this is the problem. I have uh, um, no um, intention of uh, changing the mindset of the jihadists whether they're Palestinians or others, they will continue to chant from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, which means Judenrein, no Jews here, and the devastation of the Jewish state and the Jewish people. We, for them, it's a given. But uh, my issue is with those who have embraced them, uh, either because they are naive or because they are just callous and anti-Semitic, and, and, and because only anti-Semitic can receive uh, such incitement uh, of the Palestinians and believe in it. And when I see these um, students who are not Muslim or not Palestinians, uh, and they are chanting with the Palestinians, um, these chants which are anti-Semitic, which are anti-Zionist, anti-Israeli, I, I feel on the one hand uh, really enraged. And if we had... Um, kind of looked at it before the 7th of October, uh, scans, and uh, of course with uh, uh, real uh, severe uh, consequences, I think now there is no patience for that. Uh, those either useful idiots or anti-Semitic, I don't care, we have no patience for them and they should be dealt with, with the, uh, I would say, with the uh, full extent of the law and also they should be called out they should be canceled uh, today as they do it in the, the younger generation, uh, um, digital uh, uh, technology and, and media. Can't, they should be canceled. They should be uh, uh, put into shame. There should be no patience and no tolerance whatsoever to that. And 
if uh, Jewish community as a whole uh, need to call them out, need to um, um, stop uh, grants or stop uh, investments or stop uh, uh, donations to uh, campuses and universities that do not act severely and precisely and immediately against these anti-Semitic manifestations, I think that is the only way to deal with this. I want to get back to Israel. And, you know, when we're talking about this agreement that was reached last night, it's really, if, if you step back and say, we have to negotiate for the return of children that were violently captured, as you said, some of, you know, in front of their parents with horrible things happening around them, in return for a prisoner who's held for criminal offenses. Um, it, it it just sounds so insane in many ways that this is, as you said, this is the reality that Israel is dealing with. This is the situation. You're talking about the return of, of babies, of children, of innocent men and women taken from their homes. Um, and, and, you know, we can sort of lose sight for, of that when we read the news and talk about the deal is going to see this and return for that. It's just a shocking reality that this is even what has to be dealt with. Right. And uh, in a way, this is the only way for a democracy, you know, um, really a, a, a very, uh, I would say, thriving democracy like, you, like Israel. This is the only way to deal with this uh, because human suffering is uh, to, to stop human suffering is more important than any other strategic goals. And these are our Jewish values, and we're very proud of them. Absolutely, Danny. And um, something else, of course, that of course that Prime Minister Netanyahu said, as you mentioned at the beginning, is that this agreement does not mean any stopping of Israel's mission in Gaza, which is to to defeat Hamas, which is a necessity. Um, as we've seen, we've seen Hamas's uh, leader and Hamas's political bureau saying, oh, we'll keep we'll keep doing this. We'll keep attacking Israel in the same manner as October the 7th. Israel does not have a choice in this situation but to defeat Hamas if it's going to live, if it's going to exist. So this is the reality um, that this mission in Gaza has to continue. And we hope with as few IDF casualties as possible. It's already been, I think, over 60 um, Israeli soldiers killed, if I'm not mistaken, since the beginning of the ground operation. Yes, right, right. And um, this is the, the, you know, each one of them is a whole world. And uh, we mourn, we get casualties uh, at least every morning, about the night before, 24 uh, preceding hours, absolutely. But uh, this is uh, our uh, fate here. And uh, this is what uh, we have been accustomed to since the early days of Zionism. But uh, I think freedom and um, and sovereignty and independence come with a price. We have been paying this price and we'll continue to pay this price because there's no other choice and no other way. And I just want to get to President Biden for a moment. Um, he, of course, welcomed the deal and the U.S. has been part of these um, efforts to see an agreement like this happening. And um, President Biden, of course, trying his best in particular as far as um, the hostages who are also American citizens. There are several. 
Um, and there were reports that the president might come to Israel during the ceasefire days. Any news on that as far as you know? Well, I think that uh, Secretary Blinken is, um, um, is, is planning to come here uh, next week. I can tell you, uh, Tisha, that uh, President Biden and his entire uh, administration were staunch uh, supporters and backers at the U.S. Uh, from uh, the first moment of the massacre stood right behind us. And it was very important, uh, not only uh, for the solidarity as uh, our greatest uh, friend and ally, but also as a deterrence uh, against any other enemies who may have uh, entertained joining in and um, widening the, the war. And this is why it is so important that at the end of the war, there will be no Hamas as a political entity or as a military entity. This is not just a matter of Israel's interest. It's a matter of um, the interest of all peace-seeking people in the region. By the way, Hamas, ISIS-like, uh, with its uh, jihadistic um, beliefs, uh, is a mortal enemy of uh, most of the regimes in the Middle East, all the Sunni regimes in the Middle East. They, they have been a proxy of Iran, and uh, together with the Hezbollah and the Houthis and the uh, Iranian militias throughout the Middle East. So basically, we have here two very, very um, um, defined camps. We have the American-led camp, where Israel and the uh, moderate Sunni countries are, those who really believe in peace and cooperation and coexistence, and the jihadists, the Islamists, which are led by Iran, and uh, of course uh, Hezbollah and uh, Hamas, as we mentioned, the other uh, proxies. And unfortunately, Iran is backed by uh, two uh, major forces, which are Iran, Iran. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, China. China backs Iran economically, and Russia backs Iran politically and militarily. It is a difficult world right now, Donnie, and we always appreciate your insight. And again, we hope and pray for the return of all the hostages as we welcome this news for the return of some of the hostages, mostly children and some of and mothers and other women who hopefully by the time this airs will be on their way to being released. And again, holding in our hearts so dear the hope that all of the hostages get home to their loved ones safely. Dani Ayalon, former Israeli ambassador to the United States, always such an honor to have you. Thank you so very much for taking the time to join us on JBS. Thank you, Tisha. Am Israel Chai, we're um, strong and we're getting stronger. Amen. Am Israel Chai. Thank you, Dani. Be well. And joining us now from Washington to discuss the hostage release deal, we're truly honored to have National Security Council Coordinator for Strategic Communications at the White House, John Kirby. John, thank you so much for coming on JBS. I know it's a very busy day. It's truly wonderful to have you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a, it's a real pleasure to be back. Thank you. So what can you tell us about the hostage release deal from your end? Well, this was a deal many weeks in the making and uh, really came about uh, in no small measure uh, uh, to the personal leadership and engagement of President Biden, who was on the phone with the Emir of Qatar just last week while we were in San Francisco. And previous to that, 
uh, with Prime Minister Netanyahu, monitoring the negotiations uh, really from the beginning and staying personally in involved in, in keeping the discussions moving forward. And of course, he directed the whole team here from the CIA director, Secretary of State, National Security Advisor on down uh, to continue to work with our partners in the region. We're very grateful to the prime minister. We're certainly grateful to the Emir of Qatar and to President al-Sisi in, in Egypt for their role in bringing about this deal. Uh, what happened yesterday was an agreement for this deal of more than 50 women and children that Hamas is holding in exchange for some uh, prisoners, uh, Palestinian prisoners that they want back, as well as uh, a four day pause in the fighting, which will also allow us to now surge additional humanitarian aid uh, into Gaza. So uh, we're, we're hopeful. Now, now we're down to execution and implementation. We're hopeful that all sides meet their commitments and, and we're able to, over the next few days, see all these people get back with their families where they belong. Absolutely. We remain hopeful as well. And just uh, our deepest thanks to President Biden and the administration for being such a steadfast ally to Israel and to the Jewish people during this time. It really is so deeply appreciated. And his leadership and the efforts of everyone over these last few weeks, I cannot even imagine uh, the hours that have been put into this effort. We, we thank you. Thank you. No, no, it, it really has been a team effort here um, and very much at the direction of President Biden. This has been uh, on his mind since the early hours of the conflict. Once we knew that hostages were taken, uh, and certainly we know there's a small number of Americans in this in this population. But uh, but he's been working directly with Prime Minister Netanyahu and others uh, since the early hours to see what we could do to get them released. So uh, everybody's going to be watching with bated breath here in the coming hours. We hope that over the next 24 hours, we'll start to see the first installment uh, of hostages. Not, not not all will be released at once. It'll, they'll come in smaller groups over the next few days. We hope that over the next 24 hours, we'll see that first group. And um, we will be watching that closely. I want to just mention, as I did earlier, um, we are taping this on Wednesday, the 22nd. So we're talking about hopefully seeing something on Thanksgiving Day, um, as you said, in the next 24 hours from now. John, you released a, um, a short video statement earlier calling it a good day today. And I know it's hard to say a good day when there are still many, many obstacles in the path, when there are still many, many people who will remain captive who we hope to get out soon after this first stage. But talk a bit about that message that you shared with the public today. After so many weeks of trying and not succeeding to get hostages released. Now, again, we, we had uh, two Americans, as you know, a couple of weeks ago, a, a mother and daughter, and then two Israelis. Those were sort of test cases. But but not being able to get more out, it was just, um, I, I think there was a uh, certainly a, uh, a sense of accomplishment here uh, yesterday when we knew that we had gotten this deal uh, over the finish line between Israel and Hamas. Um, and so that's what I meant by a good day, a good day that, you know, um, that, that we've got this deal in place. But as I said earlier, we're not going to rest easy. Nobody's doing any touchdown dances here uh, we're, we're, until we can get every every single hostage back to their families. And I'm not just talking about the 50 women and children, I'm talking about all of them, because we know that there are others Hamas is holding and maybe even some other groups in Gaza outside of Hamas probably holding some hostages. So we wanna get them all released and, and we're gonna keep working very, very hard on that. Well, we deeply appreciate that uh, truly on, on behalf of the people of Israel and the Jewish world and 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 everyone who is on the side of the, the good of humanity waiting to see these 
children, babies, women, men, innocent people who were so violently abducted on October the 7th by Hamas terrorists during the massacre to get them home, as you said, safe and sound with their families. Um, we're all anxiously waiting, but we will start and say it is a good day today. I agree with you on that, that at least we see the beginning of hopefully all of the hostages getting back home. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, 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 um, it, it gave us a sense of hope yesterday that we got this deal uh, signed. But as as we've been saying, you know, the everything comes down to execution um, and a deal signed is, is uh, only as good as a deal is executed. And so we're going to we're going to watch this very, very closely over the coming days. Um, and hopefully, again, we'll have we'll have good news uh, for all 50 families and, you know, including uh, little Abigail, a little four year old American toddler who turns she turns four on Friday. Um, and it would just do us all, I think all of us, uh, so, so good if we could see her reunited with her family. Oh, amen. We will say amen to that, John. Um, and I just, before I let you go, can you just talk a bit more about, you know, we've, we've seen such staunch support from President Biden, and I know this is also personal for him, his relationship with Israel, his feelings about Israel. Can you just touch on that for a moment? The president is... Uh, he, he's the first to tell you that uh, you don't have to be Jewish to be a Zionist. And he really believes that. Um, and he's been a Zionist uh, for his entire career in public service, so all the way back to when he was a young senator. Um, it's personal for him. It's visceral for him. And what happened on October 7th really cut to the quick for President Biden. Um, and he has made it clear uh, from that day all the way to this day that we're going to continue to make sure Israel has the tools, the capabilities, the weapons that they need to defend themselves against the terrorist threat that Hamas continues to pose. And, and we know that Hamas, because they've said so publicly, they want to wipe Israel off the face of the map. They want they simply wanted to kill innocent Israelis and to take innocent Israeli hostages. That was their plan on the 7th of October. And if they had had more people and more time and more capability, I think, sadly, we would have to admit that they would have killed and taken more um, uh, than they did. Uh, and the president remains steadfast in his support uh, for what we need to do to continue to help the Israeli defense forces uh, defeat this threat and eliminate this threat uh, to the Israeli people uh, and to the Israeli nation. It's something that's, uh, again, very personal for, for President Biden. And I can assure you that that commitment is not going to change. John, thank you so very much um, for joining us today, for sharing these critical words for the really critical position that the U.S. has taken in these efforts since the beginning, as you mentioned, and up until now, and will continue to do so. We greatly appreciate that commitment. And uh, to you, to the president and the entire administration, uh, we are deeply grateful and and uh, echo the call for the hope for the safe return of all of the hostages being held, beginning with this first stage we hope to see very, very soon. John Kirby, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Good to be with you.